Well, look who's back. Hello, hello. Glad to be back. How are you? You know, I kept that you were gone all last week, right? Um, let's see. We were gone. Well, we were supposed to only be gone until, um, you know, Wednesday, but we were snowed out. While the rest of us were snowed in. Yes. We had to stay in the warm, yeah, just beautiful. Uh, we were in Marco Island. And so, yeah, we had to stay there for what? I guess our flights were canceled three days, two days. Made it back on Friday. Well, I'd love to come back, but we're stuck here in Marco Island. So I guess we'll just have to order a few more Mai Tais and sit out by the pool for another couple of days. You know me too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we wanted to get back. I mean, we really did. Uh, it was it was kind of a double-edged sword. No, you didn't want to get we back. Really did. No, we really you didn't. really didn't. We, we were really enjoying ourselves in Marco, but we it was kind of a double-edged sword because we were enjoying ourselves, but we knew that all kinds of you know chaos was going on here on this end, and we were concerned about our house and the pool and all of that. As it turns out, we we came out on the other side of the storm okay. Didn't hadn't we didn't lose electricity while we were gone, or maybe only about an hour, and uh, the water didn't. We had shut off our water before we left, but the water was fine. Our pipes were fine. So we were very thankful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're very, it, very thankful. It was, <laughs> I, I don't know whether I can compare it to anything else that I remember. Uh, and it, I'm still, I'm still going over this in my head Yeah, because uh, I, I got my first COVID shot yesterday. Thank oh. you. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. But when I got there to get my COVID shot, I got out of the car, which I had the air conditioning on. Uh -huh. It was 81 degrees yesterday afternoon. And one week earlier on Wednesday uh, or Tuesday of last week, it wasn't even eight degrees. That's I mean, the, the photos that a lot of people took of the difference between one week and another yeah. Snow everywhere, ice everywhere, below freezing wind chill temperatures. And one week later, it was like Marco Island. I know. It was crazy because literally yesterday was one week after the below zero temperatures. And yesterday, it was just absolutely gorgeous. Sunny skies. I think it was up near close to 70. It was beautiful. It's just absolutely crazy that in one week, the weather could change so dramatically. Yeah. It was, but you know, it, it, what was, what was really great about it, if, if I can say there was something great about last week, uh, we didn't have much power. Uh, the power was, was off more than it was on. And when the power was off, that meant the Wi Fi, uh, modem, the modem was out, no computers. We had no computers for almost a week. Uh, we had our cellular service. Uh, but it was just be if the Wi-Fi was connecting, and that kept going in and out. But all of that time, all we saw was texts and messages from friends all over the country. Are you okay? Uh, how can we help? What do you need? Uh, 
and and these are people from from uh, you know especially from up north who know what cold weather and and all is all about but down here our homes are not insulated for that kind of of cold right uh, we're out wrapping our our pipes and 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 covering our our plants uh and everything to try and protect them uh the first day after it after it snowed, I guess that must be Sunday. It started snowing, so it must have been about Monday afternoon. Uh, I went out, and my next door neighbor was shoveling her drive, and I went out and I started shoveling my my drive. About that afternoon, after I finished with the drive, I came in for a while to warm up, and I went out earlier to shovel the front walk. My next door neighbor had shoveled my front walk. Yeah. And, you know, and it was such an act of kindness. And I saw that up and down our block, uh, all over the city. Uh, I uh, finished just doing this this morning, doing a show uh, on someone you should know about a couple of people uh, up in the McKinney area that own Jeeps. And uh, there's a, I didn't even know that there was a Jeep club in, in North Texas. But these Jeepers got together in mass to help transport hospital workers home after their shifts because there was too much ice and snow. Uh, they were picking up firefighters uh, and, and you know, frontline workers to get them from their homes to their jobs where they were needed. And to me, you know, these are the acts of kindness that we that number one are not often mentioned. Uh, and, and number two are sometimes overlooked. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you, you, you probably heard about it from, from where you were, but there were people in every neighborhood that were just checking with their neighbors. You know, I just made a pot of soup. Can, can you use a container of soup? Uh, anything to help, to help the neighbors. Yeah. It was well, and I liked your idea when you, when you and I were talking about our topic for today, because you're right you know, acts of kindness are sometimes overlooked or just completely not done. Um, but a lot of times too, they're, they're taken for granted and you just don't really expect or really appreciate um, when those acts of kindness are bestowed upon you. Um, so I like this topic because it, it actually hit home for me personally, because to your point, we were gone during the storm and our, we were concerned about our house and the pool. We knew that the kids were all safe and sound where they were. Um, but uh, Was your son able to get over to the house to check on it? Well, so actually my son and his fiance were in Colorado skiing. Oh. <laughs> so they were not home. <laughs> you know us Loics. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's right. Hey, if there's trouble... We're going to get out of town. Well, he had had, of course, this trip planned, as did we. Our trip was to celebrate a friend's, a dear friend's 70th birthday. So it was, it's been planned for almost a year. Yeah. And uh, who would have thought that we would have, you know, had this record breaking, you know, temperatures and snow and ice. But anyway, so, so Matthew and Jenna were in Colorado they were to fly back on Wednesday, as were we. Our flight was canceled. Theirs was not even a minute delay. So they got on their flight just fine and got home to the apartment, their apartment. 
they did have a, a flood damage in their apartment. So oh. their apartment did not fare as well as our house. In fact, they came over to our house on Friday when we got home because their living situation, even still today, is um, is very um, not it's not pretty. They've got a flood in the master bathroom closet. Their closet was so flooded that the 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 and since they were gone and the electricity was off, right. when they got back on Wednesday, their closet, which is carpeted, was covered in ice. Their shoes were th that were left on the floor, and anything that was left on the floor was actually iced onto the floor, onto the carpet. It was crunch, crunch, crunch. So it was a it was a real mess. And so they're, you know, apartment living is a little bit different than living in in a, in a house because you're at the mercy of the uh, the leasing office, the right. management company. You know, they're the ones that have to find um, the people to come in and, and repair and all that. Um, and you're you're just a number because there were over 20 units that were damaged. So they're 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 still even today not back into their apartment. And this is over a week later because it's just taking time for all kinds of repairmen, plumbers, construction workers to get to these apartments or houses that were damaged um, by flooding. Mostly, I'm hearing flooding because of burst you know right, bursting right. pipes and whatnot. I've heard some real doozies out there. Uh, people who've lost their entire downstairs um, furniture. Uh, we we just really count our blessings. We were really very fortunate that we didn't experience anything um, to that degree. Uh, I will tell you, and this is what I when you said you wanted to talk about kind of acts of kindness, people helping people during during these times of crisis, what, whatever, our neighbor and dear friend um, across the street, Tracy Dalton, she, we all kind of live very close to each other. It's like four, four houses and we're all very close friends and we live in close proximity of each other. She was every day, she was uh, getting her winter sweater and, and long johns on and coat and ski pants and boots and you know, hats and gloves and all that and scarves. And she would bundle up a few times a day and make her rounds and go around to all of our houses, check our pipes, go inside, listen for any water, you know, any kind of sound of anything. We had, like I said, we had turned our water off, but the other two houses were on. And she did that every day while we were gone. And it was absolutely I mean, we couldn't have been more thankful for her being here. And we really credit her for, um, you know, the fact that our houses fared as well as they did because she, she got blankets. She put blankets over pipes that she felt were too exposed. And we had done some prep work before we left, but keep in mind the day we left, we didn't know that it was going to coming. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So we had neighbors helping neighbors here as well. Um, and that's really what you had to do because you know you couldn't drive, you couldn't get, you couldn't really go help somebody who wasn't in your neighborhood because the roads were undrivable, and so really it was neighbors helping neighbors within walking distance of each other. That's really all that you could. That's kind of as far as you could extend your help during those first couple of days. Yeah, and 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 a lot of communities had to to really fend for themselves. There 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 is no real. Uh, emergency plan in effect for something like this. This is just uh, an, an act of nature. Uh, 
where we live, we live right next door to an assisted living facility uh, filled with seniors, many of them who are on oxygen, uh, many of them who, who you know, re, you need, need these hot meals every day. And all of a sudden they were without power. So there was this outpouring from a lot of the churches and everything to prepare meals anywhere where they could, could find uh, people that had emergency backup generators for power. So it was really interesting to see via next door uh, what a lot of people were learning. Uh, the the local uh, uh, Muslim mosque opened their doors for, for people who were out of power uh, and didn't have enough backup uh, and all to come and, and they turned it into a shelter. Uh, a couple of the other churches in the area did the same thing. Uh, some restaurants that were open were making food for distribution. And it was like, you know, you, you had this warm, fuzzy feeling that even though times were tough, there, there were people out there that were making things happening. They were opening up warming stations. Um, and, you know, we were, we were fortunate. We have a gas, a gas appliances. So we had a gas stove and we have a gas fireplace. So we simply put a couple chairs in front of the gas fireplace. And for those, those hour and a half or so when we were without power, uh, we would fire up the fireplace and, and, and sit in, in some kind of warmth. We were able to start the stove uh, remotely uh, in order to boil water or make some soup. So, yeah. you, you, you know, if you've ever been in scouting or some, you, you realize that these are some of those fundamental things that you were taught as a kid in scouting or, or just in and out of the neighborhood, or in my case, in the military. And you think that's probably something I'll never have to rely on. And now all of a sudden you put that stuff to, to, to work. You realize, you know what, I'm going to put on those sweatpants and I'm going to put them on over my jeans and I'm going to add another sweater and, and put on a, a cap uh, and all and wear it in the house. And I may look like hell, but I'm, I'm going to stay warm. Well, uh, you're not far off of, of describing what my parents actually had to do. I mean, they weren't yeah. rubbing two sticks. They weren't rubbing two sticks together or anything, but they did lose electricity for a, a couple days, and they were so cold, um, and really they couldn't get out and get anywhere, um, and their phones were not working because they couldn't charge their phones, and their landline wasn't working because it's it plugs into the wall, right. and they literally found themselves uh, one full, almost one full day in bed under the covers, dressed in layers to stay warm with their two cats also under the covers to stay warm that day. And it was, it's actually really a very scary thought to think of that. Um, you know, people that were in that kind of situation um, and really there wasn't anybody who could even really get in to, to check them and they couldn't get out you know people were really trapped for a couple days there they were really trapped and that's a scary thought fortunately they did get their electricity back on the third day and they were able to get a, get around and what and they're okay and they never they they didn't lose their waters fine they didn't have bursting pipes or anything like that but it was the electricity it was that i guess that rollout that was happening here 
Right. It was a brown rollout. Now we didn't have our electricity go out, but maybe for about an hour the whole time. And we believe it's because where we live here, it falls into the same grid as the hospital and police station. And so we were told that, I don't know that this is true, but that because we share the same grid as those two, you know, businesses or facilities or buildings, whatever, right. that we were spared a little bit of more, you know, electricity um, shut off. So, but it really is, you know, scary to think about those days where you were, people were, and, and, you know, you were talking about neighbors helping neighbors and people helping people. You have to know the people who need the help. And so I think that when you live in a neighborhood like yours or mine or my parents, you know, people know each other for the most part, or maybe you don't know the next door neighbor, but you know that you've seen perhaps an elderly couple coming and going. So right, you know that right. you can crunch on over there in the snow and ice and knock on the door and check on them. And that, so that's what's what, what a, a huge benefit that comes from living in, in kind of an established neighborhood, um, not too rural, but those people who are in the rural areas or people who live alone and perhaps don't know people, how do, how, how do you know to check on those people? And those are the people that really need to be checked on. So I know that there were some very, very devastating stories that came out of this snowstorm because of those people who found themselves all alone in that terrible snowstorm and some devastating things did happen, not only just to houses or homes, but to, to people. Um, of course, you know, you, the day that we were left was that huge pileup on 35, which was devastating. And that was weather related. Uh, and it only spiraled, spiraled downward from that day on for the following yeah. week. Yeah. You know, and, and and I do have to say that I was disappointed in one area, and that was that after a couple of days, um, we did we we did venture out to go to the store because we were we wanted we needed to get a few things, uh, and and I felt I guess maybe it's part stupidity and part of my upbringing from up north. I felt like I could at least get from here to the Kroger store, which is only a mile away. But when I got there, I was absolutely blown away at the hoarding that people, again, took advantage of. There was no water. Pe people were leaving the store with, with you know, you know, and these people that, that have four-wheel drive vehicles, big vehicles that could contend with the elements, you know, but... The stores didn't step up to say, hey, listen, you know, three bottles of water per person or something. People were walking out with there, we were without water, I mean bottled water right. available for two, three days. Uh the, the canned goods shelves were were like wiped out. It was almost like we were going through the the uh early COVID times with the toilet paper. Right, right. Uh, and all of that. People weren't weren't being compassionate in that regard, in order to say, "Look, you know, this is not going to last forever. This the snow is going to go away, and also I'll take an extra couple of bottles of water." But they were literally walking out with with baskets filled with everything from gallons to to the small the small bottles, anything they can get their hands on. Eggs. The stores didn't keep that from that. That surprises me. Uh, yeah, well, they they did about 
three days or four days into it. But it, by that time, it was it was almost too late. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't find any kind of salt. I mean, people were buying up salt shakers just so they could have salt to put on the ice. Uh, it was it it was it was amazing and it was disheartening yeah. because that's not part of that's not to me part of what being compassionate in times of duress is all about. Right. I mean. That the grocery shop, the grocery stores. But when we got back, I could still see that it had been very, you know, well picked over. And but by gosh, probably by the weekend, it was fully stocked, at least my local stores here. So they did come back quickly. But you're right. Those people who were beginning to hoard in the very beginning, of all this. You know, everybody, I think people panic. I think people just start to panic and they start right. to you know, kind of see themselves without these necessities and they just want to make sure they have enough. But but you you need to be the kind of person to stop and just think and say, okay, well we need to we need to spread the wealth. We need to share. We need to make sure that we can I have a friend who was here during the storm and she and her husband did not lose electricity, but they turned it uh down and they conserved, even though they had plenty of electricity and water, they conserved because they knew that that was the right thing to do to try to get everybody else kind of, you know, yeah. back and running. And, and it's those little acts that if people remind themselves that to do it, it helps the whole, it helps the whole situation. My daughters are down at Baylor, as you know, and my one daughter who's a senior lives in a house and uh, the owner of the, this house, a couple properties there, didn't need to do this, but of course I'm sure it was to his advantage to do this, but he called the girls and he checked on the girls a couple times during the week. And I, you know, and also gave them things to do to help, you know, keep the running water and keep pipes from freezing and all that. And he, and he called them a couple times, a few times actually just to check on them and to make sure that they were doing the right things and, and, and taking care of the house and the, and, and each other. My other daughter is in a dorm and her dorm was really one of the few dorms that did okay. Did They didn't lose electricity and they didn't lose water. They didn't have any flood damage or, or anything like that. But some of the other dorms did, which meant that the cafeterias of these dorms were closed down, right, right. which meant that these kids had to kind of walk to only the dorms that had a cafeteria up and running. Well, those, they were running out of food and supplies during that time, or at least getting very low on food and supplies. And so it was becoming a little bit of a, an issue because these kids were trying to get food and what, and, and they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't get delivery. They couldn't go to restaurants. So, I mean, they were fine. They had plenty enough to survive, but you began to kind of see that happening. And it's, it's a scary thought to think of, how long could that have gone on? I read an article actually of a University of Texas professor. Did you read this? He started paying for kids food. And I don't know the circumstances. I guess it was their dorms maybe experienced a similar situation. But this college professor took it upon himself to kind of reach out. Um, I, and today, as you and I have talked so often about social media being helpful in so many ways, you're able to kind of put it out there. Who needs this? Who needs what? I'm here. I can offer this. I can offer that. There was a man who did some driving around. I don't know where he lived, but 
uh, he, I believe he could have been an Uber driver or some kind of professional driver um, or official driver, I should say, whatever. And he was offering his services to drive people if and where they needed to get anywhere or whatever. And he said no Venmo. He didn't want money for it. But this this college professor offered up to help buy kids meals. This guy offered up to drive people here and there and wherever they might need it to be or to go. So there, there, there was a lot of that going on. And really, we were able to all stay connected, even though we were shut in, uh, snowed in, iced in, whatever. With social media, you could reach out and 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 let people know, kind of, if you needed help or if you could help somebody. Um, so you did see a lot of it going on. Yeah, and you know, and and no doubt, what we went through will have long-lasting effects. I have a neighbor on the next block that uh, finally, when things let up. Uh, over the weekend, I was out walking the dog, and he has just—he's got wood flooring, he's got bags of garbage and everything out on his driveway because his pipes burst and it just must have flooded the house. And, and he's in the process of having to have the entire uh, main floor redone. Uh, so you know, I, I went over and knocked on the door to find out, you know, if, if you need some help, let me know. And, and people are appreciative of it. And, and oftentimes they don't ask for it. And, and that's the other aspect of this is that, that you want to, you want to care for your neighbors uh, and all. And if somebody is in need and somebody offers a little bit of help, don't, don't be too proud to take it because they're offering it because out of the kindness of their heart, they do want to help. And also sometimes if it's a matter of, can I, I've got some extra, I got some extra blankets. I got some extra uh, uh, sweaters if you need it, uh, whatever. Just, just ask. The, no, the I, have, I, have, I have another friend who opened up her house. I have a friend in Austin and a friend here, both offered up their houses and people took them up on it to come in and shower uh, stay that a couple of them stayed the night. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, it was really actually really very impressive to see people kind of coming to the rescue of those who, and I say coming to the rescue, it was a shower, but still, I mean, a nice hot shower. I mean, when Matthew and Jenna got to our house on Friday, they hadn't been able to shower since Wednesday and they both came downstairs and said that was probably the most glorious shower they had ever <laughs> taken. So even just a simple shower was a huge uh, thing that you could offer up to people. And I, I, I know some people who definitely opened up their warm houses and how their homes that did not lose electricity and whatnot. But also you were talking about your friend, your neighbor's damage. I do know some houses that didn't fare as well. And, um, major flooding um especially those houses that have the sprinkler systems in the ceiling I, we had heard that those just right. kind of burst right off popped right off the ceiling and flood and here's the the situation is what i've heard now too is that it's going to be very hard to find a contractor a construction people repair you know plumbers whatever whatever whoever you might need to now go in and it's it's it might you might need to be very, very patient in waiting for your damage to be cleaned up and fixed is what yeah. I've heard. You know, and the other, the other thing is, you know, you call a plumber and they say, well, we can get to you, but it's probably going to be four to six weeks yeah. because they're so backed up. 
and and also uh, I I certainly hope that that if people do reach out and and do find a plumber uh, that this gouging uh, doesn't resurface where a plumber says yeah I can come out but it's uh, I'm, I'm, I normally charge thirty dollars an hour and it's going to to two hundred dollars an hour uh, to take advantage of that situation. Uh, you know, we 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 moved here from South Florida, uh, and also every summer we dealt with the hurricane seasons, uh, and people would be prepared. We would go, and you would you would get some extra canned goods, and you'd get some water and and extra provisions just in case every year. We had a plan. Uh, we, I, I doubt that people have that much of a plan here because A, it came up so quickly, so fast. We knew that we were going to get some snow, but they said they predicted maybe two inches, maybe four inches, which in, in northern Texas is enough to shut everything down. But the, the severe cold, we weren't prepared for because that snow couldn't go anywhere. And as more came down, it just accumulated. And underneath the snow was ice. Uh, we weren't prepared for it. Now, hopefully, we've learned. And now, as we move forward, people will pre be prepared. Go out and buy a bag of ice and put it in the garage just in case something like this happens in, in next year or the year after or after that. A bag of ice? A, 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 did I say bag of ice? I mean a bag of salt. She. <laughs> you would go out. You're just going to add to the problem with the bag of ice. Yeah, you would go out and get a bag of ice because that way inside, if you need an extra drink, you know, because you can't get the ice cubes out of the refrigerator because that's electric. So you get a bag of ice to to for your drinks. You got it all figured out now. How to prepare? Yeah, and I'm I'm sure the other people watching or listening just said, "Did he say get a bag of ice in the winter?" No. Well, that's just what's on your brain right now. Ice, 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 yeah. ice baby. Right. But you know, a, a a bag a bag of salt, you know, just just to have, uh, just just in case. Uh, everybody, you know, we were when we when the kids when, we were, when our kids were growing up. You, you were always told by the fire department, especially, to have an exit plan in, in your home just in case there was a flood or in case there was a fire. You had an exit plan. You knew where to go and when and how. Everybody should do that. And this, this is something that triggers that, that mode. You should have some kind of an idea. Okay, number one, go out and buy a few more candles. Maybe if you don't have enough candles in the house because you need the candlelight just for getting around your, your home. Uh, plan ahead to have some of the provisions that you need. Get extra extra non-perishable uh, foods to have. Uh, it's, it's, common, it's common sense that we don't often think about. Right. But, uh, well, nobody would have expected this to have gone on, dropped so low and gone as so many consecutive days. And, and I think that's what caught everybody off guard. I think there were people who were preparing just to maybe hunker down for a couple of days in their house. And that's why probably you saw a lot of the grocery store hoarding, but yep. you didn't see a lot of preparing in terms of the pipes and the this and the that and that kind of thing, because I don't think anybody really expected what we, what we got. 
Yeah, and 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 also, uh, uh, my mind just, my thought just escaped my head. Uh, it'll come back to me someday. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I completely forgot. I had a really good thought that I was going to share, and I forgot about, about it. It's about preparing, preparing, and planning, and. Well, yeah. In hindsight, it's easy to say, you know, we could have better prepared. And yes, we could have. But in hindsight, it's easy to say that. You know, I, I think it was what, probably in 1940. Like, I don't even know. It was over 50 years ago when we had anything even close to this. So, again, I don't know that we could have prepared was the weather because I don't know that the weather was saying what it was going to do. Because I could tell you, if we had seen that, we wouldn't. We now we did shut our water off and we did certain things that we needed. We kind of covered up some things in, in the on the exterior walls that we felt yeah. we needed to cover. We did things like that, but other than that, we didn't, you know, go to the extreme in terms of preparing. Yeah. The thought just came back to me. Good, good. I, I knew if I just kind of rambled a little bit, you would... <laughs> yeah. I was getting ready to leave the room and come back, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, it was the weather forecast. You know what we what we wanted to do desperately each day was, and when the power would go on, uh, we would certainly plug our phones in to try and get get a little extra power in them. But because we didn't have the Wi-Fi connection, you couldn't go in to to get a weather forecast to see what's the temperature outside right now. What's it going down to tonight? Is it going to be any warmer tomorrow? Is it going to be more snow tomorrow? You couldn't find out. You didn't have that that connection, and and so every day you didn't know what to expect, and that was that was part of the one of the most undaunting parts of of that whole experience was not being able to ask a question and get it answered because yeah. you didn't have an avenue for it. You couldn't you, even when the TV would go on briefly. You tried to get a, we a, a weather channel, and it was almost impossible to find a weather channel. It yeah. was hard enough to get the TV to, to, to go on. Uh, so, you know, it, but you revert back to your old Boy Scout training and do what you, do what you have to do. Well, and I think a good, a good takeaway for all of us is to remember, and, and again, I saw a lot of it going on um, uh, gosh, I read a, a, another story of a, I don't know where this happened, what part of the country, but there was a family that lived, live in a very, um, kind of a hilly, um, neighborhood. And, and, you know, like I know that in Philadelphia and in New Jersey, where I used to live, you could find those neighborhoods that have very steep right. driveways or streets, very, you know, anyway, this one family lived kind of down this long street down and kind of by themselves a little bit and uh, couldn't get out. Nobody could get in and they couldn't get out. And I guess they put out some kind of message. And I think maybe three, maybe three or five, three to five uh, neighbors came down and started kind of chiseling and trying to make some kind of path out for this family or at least a path in for somebody to get in. And what started out as like three to five neighbors turned into 20 plus neighbors. They just started to see it or hear about it, word of mouth or social media or they, whatever. And they have this aerial shot picture of this going on. And 
sure enough, it, you see this kind of little house down the bottom of this big street, all these neighbors out doing what they can, some throwing salt, some shoveling, some chiseling to just kind of create some kind of path in or out for this family. And uh, I really think you saw, I really think generally speaking, you saw a lot of that going on and it's a, it's a, it's a good takeaway from this in terms, not only preparing for storms by buying your essentials in advance, but also knowing that something like this is coming, start to identify those people or families or individuals who might need you to check in with them and stay in touch with them throughout the crisis, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah. And it's always a good reminder um, when we go through something like this. I tell you what, anybody listening, if you just Google uh, people helping people during times of like during the this past winter storm or whatever, during COVID, what, you know, uh, the quarantine, you're going to find some really uplifting, beautiful stories, uh, real uh, feel good stories. If you, if you want to just kind of just go on your computer and just check it out and say, Hey, let me read some stories about people. You're going to find a lot. Yeah. And, 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 look for those stories because those are the stories that we really need to read more of. And, and we don't, we don't see them that often. Uh, uh, and, and, and we should. <laughs> one, one, one funny takeaway that I did have when I did finally be, get, get, get out of the house uh, to, to shove a little bit of a path from the back door to the driveway, to the, the alleyway, I realized that, and I did it to take the dog out. Uh, I realized the dog got out there and was looking at me like, so what do I do now? Where where do I go? You know, where's the grass? Right, yeah. So I actually came back to my backyard and, and, and shoveled a little bit more of the back patio. And then your good old co-host here is out shoveling the grass. I was shoveling the, the snow off of the backyard to create an area of grass so the dog could go out and relieve you're herself. Daddy, you're such a good daddy. Which of course was a good thing because then a couple of days later when the temperatures got into the upper thirties and it started to melt a little bit, it got even better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, my dad and mom had to go up to their local grocery store to charge their cell phones because they did not have electricity and they had to lift their garage door manually. It was really quite a scene. And yeah. anyway, my dad fell down at one point on the ice, went down pretty hard. Fortunately, there was a man walking down, the, a neighbor walking down the street, helped him get up, actually tried to help him get up. They were having difficulty because it was, they were on ice, all of them. And then right, they, right. they never came over and they all tried to, and he got up, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I know you, you were just in your backyard and all that, but I just told my parents, I said, just, they don't have a dog that they had to let out. They do have two cats, but they were fine in the house. I just, my advice to those people, just stay, I say those people, people like my parents, just stay inside until the ice melts. Because even, gosh, even, um, even on Friday, when we came in on Friday, there were still definitely some icy patches around. You had to be very careful walking around, just right. because, you know, just little pieces here and there. And but uh, I'd say by Friday afternoon, our neighborhood was clean. 
as clear of it all. You know, you, you, uh, another thing, I don't know. I don't know how many people realize that there is a, a bypass on your garage doors. If you've got an electric garage door opener, that there is a, a bypass lever that's usually on the mechanism that you have to trip in order to manually open and close your garage door. I happen to know about that, but I think there were a lot of people that just kind of left their cars in the garage and when, when, the power did go on. They opened up the garages and they left them open, which oh, gosh. Yeah. that cre that creates more cold, right, right, to to the house and all. But if you don't know how to bypass and open up your garage door when the when the power is out, learn learn how. Ask somebody. That's a very good point. Actually, definitely, um, and you, it, 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 you don't need to have a winter storm come through to lose your electricity. So that's something you're right, you should know. Also, Phil was telling, we have that special tool that you need to go and turn your water off. It's a, right. You should also know how to turn your water off. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, there really and is. If a you don't have that tool, ask one of your neighbors because maybe they have one and they'll be happy to share it. And that's exactly what we did is we shared our tool with a couple of our neighbors and then yeah. another neighbor down the way had one and made sure that everybody knew he had one. And so, yeah, there really is a lot uh, that you can do to learn from this past storm to better prepare for, should we ever have one again? <laughs> um, or just under like situations in situations where you might lose your electricity or have to turn off your water or do some of these things in order to prep your house to keep it safe. Um, yeah, take the time to, to, I bet it's all over the internet right now. I really I just, ways to prepare for winter storms or ways, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, And by the way, there were some creative minds out there. I saw it posted on uh, on Facebook that somebody already came out with a t-shirt that said Snowvid. Oh, yeah. I survived Snowvid 21. Yeah. Well, it really is kind of crazy because, because I, I mean, the timing of this winter storm, it was just crazy because, of course, with the cold COVID thing, I also saw a funny post and it was, I don't know the name of the comedian. He's got, he's a kind of a, got that crazy blonde, kind of almost white blonde hair and uh, maybe Chris, maybe Chris something. I'm not sure. And anyway, it's this picture of him and he's just like screaming and he's got this crazy hair and he's just got like this screaming expression look on his face. And it says something like, um, I am so sick and tired of living through historical events. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, enough. we don't want to live through any more historical events right now. It's like, oh. Exactly. Yeah, you know, t 10 years from now, we're going to say, well, you remember that winter of 21? Boy, oh boy, that was a winter. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, speaking of historical events, uh, how was it getting your shot yesterday? Were you in a... In a in an organized environment was was were there long lines were you in and out like what was your experience yeah uh, it was at one of the the local uh, medical facilities uh, Baylor Baylor Scott over by the the star uh, I had a I had a predetermined uh, time to be there there were a lot of people but I gotta tell you it was it was very efficiently uh, organized uh, the, I was there at 1.15 in the afternoon, and so it was the really the uh, 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 premium time of the day. But conservatively, in the 45 minutes or so that I was there, they probably pushed through two, 200 people. 
or 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 more. Uh, and hats off to all of those, not only the healthcare workers that were part of it, the people that helped to organize and to to make this uh, happen in an orderly uh, fashion. But there was a lot of volunteers that were there uh, assisting with the the checking in. Uh, and processing of the people coming through before they went to the healthcare workers to get their shots. Uh, it's a long process, and I'll just be patient. Get on several lists, uh, and all, and then when you finally get a get an appointment, make sure to go back to some of the other lists that you're on and tell them that I'm already taken care of. You can drop me from your list. Absolutely. That's important too. Well, good. I'm glad you got your first shot, and then you'll have your second, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. And we'll we'll be good to go, and I'm supposed to get the next shot in another month, and maybe we will get back to whatever that new normal is yep. that we all keep talking about. Yep. Well, thanks a lot. Great, great being with you again. Glad to have you back into town, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing all of you next week here on uh, something to talk about. Hope you'll join us same time, same place. Go out and make it a great week. Bye.